Welcome to Oral Phonic, a podcast about podfic. This month's topic is audacity, tips, and tricks. Your hosts this month are Patika and Jenapod. Hi. Hello. So this month is going to be not the basic tips and tricks, but like it's assuming that you kind of have used Audacity and some things that you might not have realized were there or how to like push yourself a little farther. Mm-hmm. As a special treat, you have half of your hosting duo who does not use Audacity. <laughs> so I will be, I'll be your audience insert. I'm going to ask lots of questions and Padika is going to answer them all. Let's do some news before we talk any more about our actual topic. The first thing is Awesome Ladies, which um, the Awesome Ladies Podfic Anthology will be posted on Valentine's Day, which was yesterday. So if you haven't checked it out already, you should go and do that. It's lots of short little podfics all about amazing ladies. So it's it's great every year. Definitely worth a listen. And if you didn't get a chance to be involved in it, but you like the idea, there is now Too Much Awesome Ladies Collection, which is for not-so-short lady-centric podfic, which they are defining as longer than 1,500 words. That is going to be open for submissions from the 14th to the 21st of February, and then they're going to do a master list and post on Amplificathon, so... So yeah, so that's a great thing to get involved in if you are excited about stories about ladies. AO3 has announced International Fanworks Day. If you look on the archive, they've got some stuff going on for that. And I think it's just like a big celebration of, you know, the fanworks that you love. So make sure that Podfic gets some love on that day. Cool. We've also got the Star Wars Big Bang, who are accepting Podfic as art this year. And we'll link to where you can sign up for that. But the signups are open until February 25th. So you've still got some time if that's a fandom you're interested in. You know, I mean, as we always say over and over again, we want all these big bangs and other challenges to include Podfix. So it's great that, that they're having it. Femslash Big Bang is also accepting Podfix. We will link to that as well if you are interested. Cool. So that's two for two. That's pretty good. If you are in Homestruck fandom... There is a multi-voice that's doing a call-out for voices. It's Tumblr-based. The story is called The Silver Church Mystery, and it's a fanfic by Mip Mike, who I'm not in Homestruck, so I don't actually know that author. But according to them, it is a bloody brilliant fanfic. So there you go. It's based on Tumblr, but they say you don't have to have a Tumblr. You just need a Skype account because they're going to do things over Skype. Um, So it looks like they're actual deadline for auditioning has passed but i think they haven't filled all the roles so if you're interested in that you should check out the tumblr and see if they're still looking because i think they will be wag fape is upon us again signups close today february 15th so if you're interested in signing up you should do so quickly mm-hmm. um, and that is the women and genderqueer first podfic exchange and you can sign up and list your favorite women or genderqueer characters, and someone will make a podfic about it for you, and you do the same in return. Or they also have one where I think you can just look through the letters of what people want and make gifts without the obligation. So mm. take a look at that. The assignments go out February 20th, and podfics are due April 2nd, with reveals April 9th. Cool. And that's that's something we mentioned last year, too, which is always exciting when we you can tell we've been around for a year because we repeat things. Yay. 
It's like awesome ladies, you know? Oh, it's happening again. So, and the last thing we have is Akiko Tree linked us on Twitter to a, uh, a fandom research project that a PhD student at Aberystwyth University is doing. So we don't know this person, but she's doing a survey. It looks like it's kind of aimed specifically towards Slash, but but the questions are, you know, vague enough that you could answer for anything. And the three fandoms she's she's linking it to are BBC Sherlock, The Avengers, and related films from, you know, the um, Marvel Cinematic Universe, and then the anime Attack on Titan. It's not a long survey, but several of the questions want, you know, kind of written in things. So we'll take a little bit of time. What's most interesting to us, I thought, is the fact that one of the early questions says, which of the following fan-related works do you consider important to your fandom? And then it lists out, you know, fanfic, fan art, fan comics, et cetera, et cetera. There's a list of nine things, and Podfic is not one of them. And personally, I think we'll all agree that looking at this list, Podfic should definitely be on the list. And actually, it should have been, you know, a higher consideration because it's quite a big fan work now, you know. Um, but anyway, so we think everyone should go to the survey and it says, if you feel I've missed something from this list, please tell me what. So I think we should all go and tell her podfic so that she realizes that there's love for it. And it's an important fan work for yeah. us. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's a chance to, to kind of stick our heads out and be like, oh, hey, don't forget about us. And I think that's something like when I do see academics talking about fandom, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen them talk about podfic, or if they do, it's like maybe tacked on at the end of a list of yeah. of fan works that exist. But I've never seen anything that talked about podfic in any more depth than possibly that it exists. So I think it might be cool if we could get a little bit more on the academic radar. I don't know if this survey yeah. is going to do it, but just putting that out there. Yeah, I mean, it, it can't hurt. And I think the survey in itself is also very interesting. You know, she's asking questions about the changing nature of fandom over the time that you've been in it. And how does it influence how you look at original work and what behavior you've experienced within fandom and things like that, you know, so I mean, I think it's interesting questions if you have some time. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of cool. And I think that's it for news. Yeah, we got a lot of talkbacks or we got a lot of content to include of talkbacks. There is yeah. some people that had information that we're going to move into the rest of the episode because it's like their actual tips and tricks for Audacity. Mm-hmm. But we're going to start with one from Litra. The Awesome Ladies Podfic Anthology. I was kind of expecting to hear something about it. And I know the signups are like before the end of the month or maybe that's when the challenge ends. So, Yeah. Shout out about that, because it's really awesome. I think it comes down to is we, well, first of all, we do tend to record the episodes at the beginning of the month. Mm -hmm. So it puts us a little awkward placing to mention stuff in news, because we basically have to know about it half a month in advance, if not more. There isn't always that time for it. Awesome Ladies hadn't been announced yet when we did the recording, and we could have remembered from last year, but Mm -hmm. we forgot. I mean, well, we always say this, but, you know, tell us about stuff because we, even if we should know about it, just assume we don't because, you know, we obviously miss lots of things. So, yeah. And there's lots of new stuff coming out all the time. If you're the mod mm-hmm. of something and you know that it's going to be coming out in the next month, even if you haven't posted about it yet, we have had mods like email us and be like, hey, can you mention this thing that's coming up? Mm-hmm. And we we're happy to do that. Yeah. If you want to send us reminders, if there's something coming up that you really love, that's great. 
But yeah, unfortunately, it's kind of an awkward timing thing with our recording schedule sometimes and things get forgotten. (laughs) Yeah, don't we will in no way be insulted, even if we ourselves have participated in and or modded an exchange. If you literally say, hey, this thing is happening, (laughs) (laughs) just assume we don't know. But yeah, so so sorry, Litro, but better luck next year, I guess. At least the Too Much Awesome Ladies exists as a second chance, which I'm kind of hoping to participate in, but it just depends how my next week or so goes. But I'd, I'd like to, because I love Awesome Ladies, and, and I'm always sad when I miss it. Like, I had been doing it, and then like two years in a row now, I saw um, KLB mention it on Twitter as a kind of last call, and it was always when I was like, you know, going to bed, or like it was 2 a.m. here, and I was like, I can't in the next hour do this. That makes me sad. So it's a cool challenge. Yeah. Um, we did actually have one written talk back from JN Across. I won't read the whole thing because it's a bit long, but it is a lovely talk back and it's very pro podfic. Basically, she was just saying that she's not currently involved in podfic, but she's been listening to our, to the podcast that she likes hearing about, you know, kind of all the technical details and, and podfic fandom and how everything goes together um, because she's aware of podfic itself but not totally you know all the kind of underlayers everything which you know makes sense and she also said concerning you know the idea of podvik as not a legitimate fan work which you know we always come up again she said podvik brings completely new elements to a fic nobody ever argues that acting isn't a legitimate art because someone else wrote the script which i think is a beautiful argument and i'll definitely be using that yeah i think a lot of people like end up discounting voice acting is a kind of acting because you can't physically yeah. see the movements that they're making which yeah. voice acting's also a thing so it always like i always kind of roll my eyes at that but i love like someone last month and now jane across saying that they listen to the podcast even though they're not into podfic it's that that makes me happy for fandom for a long time i think it was like no one knew what podfic was no one cared when they did hear or they were if we did hear about them caring sometimes it was dumb um so it's really great to hear that people are interested in what this part of fandom does even if it's not their thing so yay (laughs) yeah definitely yay I mean, I know a couple of my friends who are in fandom but not in Podfic are listening and have made cool comments to me about, oh, I didn't know this or that about, and they're only listening because it's me, obviously, but it's still, you know, it's nice to feel that even if you're not a Podficker or even a Podfic listener that this could appeal to you because I would not have expected that, you know, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I think I listen to a lot of podcasts where maybe I don't you know, have an actual connection to something, but sometimes it's just interesting to hear how things work. So our next bit of a talk back, we've broken up the talk backs into different groups. So we'll get back to Litra later. Um, the next one is from Schmaler, who has this to say. Hi, Arlphonic. Uh, first of all, as somebody who is relatively new to the Podfic fandom, um, I didn't start listening to Podfic and recording Podfic until 2014. And I didn't actually start talking to other podfickers and really getting involved in podfic fandom until the middle of 2015. So I really missed all the wank. So it was neat getting to hear about it and getting to really appreciate all of you that were down there in the in the fanfic minds, uh, <laughs> in the wank minds toiling away because Lord, do I hate wank. So it was it was nice to get to hear what I missed. <laughs> <laughs> so I really appreciate you all doing doing that good work. 
yeah, so I think this is really interesting because wink is one of those funny things, right? Like if you're in the middle of it, you're not necessarily enjoying it. But it's interesting. We we do all have a good time reminiscing about things that have happened. And I don't know, there's certain things that like brought us together as a community. There are other things that split us, you know, goes either way. But it, so it's funny to hear. And I say this as a person who also wasn't there for some of the very early stuff, or at least was watching it rather than participating in a lot of times. Um, but it's interesting to hear somebody to hear her say like, Oh, I missed that. That's so interesting. You know, because I mean, we have a lot of new pod figures who weren't around for any of the early days, or even the middle days when I was coming in. See, and it's a totally different atmosphere now and like the way people, you know, the kind of things are available on Tumblr or whatever, the the focus in where people hang out, you know, all that kind of stuff that's happened to Phantom as a general definitely has affected Podfix. So it just means you're getting a different experience. It really is a different experience. Like, I think if new Podfickers now were to go back and read some of the early wank that happened, <laughs> they'd be like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> I actually went and reread some older wank yeah. in research for last month's episode. And sure there's this one that, for one, like, there's some things that I'm like, oh, my God, why are we reacting? Take a chill pill, Podvik fandom. <laughs> and I remember being the one reacting and being so upset about it. And I'm kind of like, but why? And then on the flip side, like one of the wanks that I read, I remembered it going fairly positively. I was like, I felt good after it because I felt people were like coming to the defense of Podfic. And I went and reread it. I'm like, how did I ever feel good about this? This is such garbage. So like there's. I have, like, such a different opinion on the wank that happened, and I was there for it. I remember how I felt. Yeah. Like, it's just, it was really interesting to see how my standards have changed. Yeah, I think that goes both ways. Part of it is there's a certain period of time where you kind of feel like you're battered from all sides, and it was just like, so if, if a single thing was said, like, the impulse was to take offense— there's a certain amount of like thickening of skin over the years. There's a certain amount of growth in fandom that means, you know, it's not like all these lone voices anymore. So it's kind of falling against a much bigger cushion of people and, mm-hmm. and fandom and splits and all that kind of stuff. But there's also like, I don't know, like it's just maybe we've all have learned to chill out a little bit. You know, like you, you get tired of it's exhausting to be enraged about things. Like It is. You know, I, I was I tend to be a rager in private. Like I don't usually <laughs> do it in public like me. <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't like to get into it. <laughs> like I I remember my favorite ranting people are people who aren't pod you know, who are in my real life, like maybe my flatmate or something who isn't even in it. So then if you rant then they don't care. They just listen to you and go, God, Podfic is weird. Yeah. <laughs> not the not the not the item, but like Podfic fandom, you know. And you're like, You don't know, you're not in it. My so. two roommates who are not super into Podfic except because they live with me are yeah. probably like some of the best authorities on like podfic wank you hear it all right yeah <laughs> well, of just so living funny. with me yeah yeah my old my old flatmate uh, lorelei squared who moved back to canada a couple years ago but i think she was kind of her and, and my friend claire were probably the ones i was living with at the height of of all that kind of stuff and they always got weird shouty kind of stuff for me like what is this what is happening look at this read this does that sound normal to you you know where and then that was my reaction like I just never bothered to <laughs> explain that's, yeah that's the safe way you know that's the safe way to me so but it is it's interesting I mean I think I think all, all that history is you know it shaped the fandom and I think it's kind of fun to look back on I you know I don't want to relive things necessarily but but yeah so I'm, I'm glad I'm glad Schmaler enjoyed you know hearing it like it's mm-hmm. good that 
we're past it enough that it's it's more of a it's a museum piece. <laughs> and what we've got next is Litra again, which is a little thank you note to I think Potica. First point I want to address, one of you said that you argued with the mod for the Clint Colson Holiday Exchange, and I wanted to thank you because I ended up doing podfic for that one. It was something I just kind of threw out there that I could do podfic, but I could also do art or fic if that would be easier. And then I got paired up with someone who definitely wanted podfic, and I was like, yay, I can, I can do all of the things. So thanks for going to bat. Yeah, I did want to clarify one thing. I was not the one that got podfic included in the Clint Colson exchange. Mm. One of the mods is that has done podfic. And so she had automatically included it. The only thing that I had said was like, I kind of even the scales of it because the mod who does podfic is a very quick podficker. So she thought a 30 minute podfic was comparable to a thousand words of fic. And so I was kind of like, that's not quite the same. So it was a nice civilized com- well, it was civilized on the mods part. I kind of put my foot in it, but I talked about that last month. So, yeah. Anyways, no, I'm but I'm glad she did the exchange and enjoyed it. That's good. Yeah. And I participated last year, like 2014 Christmas, <laughs> and I had a lot of fun. It went really well, and I know some people participated this year too. And then to like follow that up, here is a talk back from Black Glass. So my experience was I didn't even approach the exchange to ask to be included. It was actually a response to the Dragon Girls post uh, where she talked about being rejected from an exchange. This person who is in a fandom and pairing I'm particularly invested in actually responded to that post saying, oh, well, this isn't something I hadn't thought about before. Um, I run a yearly holiday exchange. Um, and I know sometimes, you know, podfic people can make something new. So I think that might be something that I can include in this year's exchange. Would people be interested in having podfic? And I actually responded, you know, I would love to have podfic included in this exchange and I would love to participate. But I really felt like I had to address that whole, oh, Podfic people can make something new. I mean, you know, some of us can. Some of us are writers in addition to being podfickers, but a lot of us aren't. Like, for me, I need someone who is going to write it for me. So, you know, we had that discussion about, you know, well, podfic actually is original. It is something new. And, and, you know, not all people can create original new work as you're, you know, thinking of it. And then I actually brought up some exchanges in the past that have successfully included Podvik in their exchanges. And I talked a little bit about how they included Podvik in their exchanges and how that worked by having people like specify what kind of transformative works they'd be interested in receiving and making and matching people based on that. But I also told her, you know, if you want suggestions or, you know, strategies to help incorporate Podvik into the exchange, please feel free to contact me. I'm willing to help you out. I know several people who have modded exchanges before who I could, you know, tap for advice on how to, you know, help you do this thing. And I never got a response. And then a couple of weeks later, the announcement post for that exchange went up and no mention of Podvik at all. So I'm a little salty about that. 
Right. So the thing about this that sticks out the most to me is the thing about podfic people can make something new. That discussion of uh, that we have over and over as when we were, I was just all being like, haha, there's no wank. I mean, this isn't wank, but you know what I mean? The same conversation that always happens about podfic being a transformative work and how it should include and, you know, like that viewpoint that's very difficult sometimes to get people around to. But then I'm I'm so sad for her that it just ended up like what a disappointing outcome. Like it's it would be better if at least they wrote back and just said, you know, thanks for your input, but I've decided not to do it. Like yeah. we'd still be annoyed, you know we would. But it'd be totally different than than that kind of dropping the conversation. Yeah. And I think it's also disappointing because it wasn't one we initiated. Like if you go in there being like, yeah, please yeah. include us, you expect to get a no. Someone's like, want to be included? It's a little bit more confusing when you get a, but you can't. <laughs> yeah. no, agreed. Which I think it's putting it a little harshly for what happened. But yeah, it's too bad that she didn't at least send a note to Black Glass saying, that's really interesting. I don't think I have time to implement it this year or whatever. Yeah, it's the radio silence that's not the most disappointing, but definitely is kind of the kicker there. Oh, okay. I guess you decide not to. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and let's see, we've been another bit of Latrice. Outside of the parameters of fandom, I kind of don't tell people that I do podfix because they most of the time will not understand what it is. I will tell people that I do a podcast, and then when they ask, I'll be like, well, actually, and I'll have to go through and explain all of it. And I'm also kind of not a joiner, so it's it's interesting to hear what other people have experienced. I find it interesting that she says she has a podcast. Whenever I tell people in my real life who don't know anything about fandom, I always uh -huh. say that I do non-commercial audiobooks. Yeah, so that's exactly what I do. I mean, obviously, now I say I have a podcast. But yeah. then the, the tricky bit about Aural Phonic is that they then go, what's your podcast about? And you're like, damn it. I'm actually more protective of my podfic than my podcast. If someone wants to listen to us talk about, like, the workings of Audacity, like, I figured they'll probably be bored by it. I'm a little bit more hesitant to be like, here's a link to my podfic. On the talking about podfic, like, leaving the podcast out, like, I tend to say... I do audiobooks, but usually I've just like, because a lot of people know I have so many friends who are authors or want to be author, you know, like yeah. querying stuff or whatever. And so I've had the tendency to kind of twist the truth a little bit and be like, yeah, my friends write stuff and I've done recordings for them to listen to or for our friends to listen to or whatever. I do the same, especially like I'll, I'll be like, there's so many people that like just write and post their stuff on the Internet for free. Mm -hmm. That's what I read. If I like it and want to record it, I email them and ask if I can. And they say yes or no. And I go. And that's generally enough of an explanation. If I'm going to get a follow up question, it's generally, do you make money from it? Which is when I yeah. reiterate the non-commercial part. Yeah. The thing about that that's easier is it, it's harder to explain, but it's closer to what we're actually doing. Because if you say podcast, then they are going to be like immediately, you know, what's it about? And then you have to be like, well, it's not. It's fiction. But you could say I do a fiction podcast. Which people do. Like, that's what Night Vale is. Right, exactly. But you are opening yourself up to them being like, what podcast? Can I listen to it? You know, which is what happens. Trust me. <laughs> so I don't know how Lydra deals with that, but maybe she could tell us. Okay, we have one last talk back, or at least that we're going to include in this section. And also, it's also Litra. And I think it's a pretty good segue into our topic. So here's what she has to say. Yeah, I'm also really uh, excited to hear that episode 15 will be on tips and tricks, I think you called it. 
I've worked with a couple of different programs, and right now I mostly use Audacity, and I've got a few things that I've, like, nailed down, but it'll be cool to learn what I'm overlooking, I guess. <laughs> Equalization, just general volume levels are what I'm most interested in. Uh, also, if you have any knowledge of keyboard shortcuts, I try to use as many as I can, but I can never find them. Equalization's probably the effect that I use the most mm -hmm. because it's so easy to use and it's got kind of the range of what I want most often. It can affect like kind of the echo or like the fullness of your voice. And there's a couple different ones on there. Like they're pre-labeled, which makes it a lot easier. But yeah, if you go in under effects, then equalization, uh -huh. you'll get like this graph that kind of comes up that shows like decibel levels and you can kind of curve to get rid of the frequencies outside of it and it changes the sound of your talk. And so they have a couple preset ones like AM radio, which sounds like this, telephone, which sounds like this, walkie talkie, which sounds like this, bass boost, which sounds like this bass cut, which sounds like this, and a couple other ones. And you can make your own. Mm. So you can affect that graph to make it sound like whatever you want. You know, if, if they have a telephone, I tend to use the telephone one. I use the bass cut a lot. It kind of adds like a nice electronic sound to it. So I use it all the time since I'm mostly recording in Avengers these days for like mm -hmm. Jarvis. I use it for Tony in the suit. The telephone one is a little bit dated the telephone sound yeah so if you are only going to be using one you might end up using the bass cut instead of the actual telephone one like i like to only have one meaning one so I'll, i end up kind of using all of them and sometimes i'll make a custom one as i go so that is like a really easy to use tool all you do is like highlight the section that you want to do it and then run it one of the things that Audacity does that's really nice, mm -hmm. most of the effects you can hear a preview. So that's how I figured out which effects to use when most of the time is like I've literally just gone through the entire like effects list at some point and hit preview to see if it did what I wanted. <laughs> wow. The next thing Leecher had mentioned was volume levels, which I'm going to actually like cheat on this one. I don't use audacity to do my volume levels i run all of my parts through ophonic and it has a, a volume normalizer and if you do that first then like because one of the things that ophonic does that sometimes people don't like it's designed for podcasts so if you've got like one person yelling into their mic and one person whispering mm -hmm. it will make them sound equal more equal on the timeline and some people don't like that because they have a scene where they are whispering and another scene where they're yelling and it makes right. them sound closer so if you run it before you uh start editing then you can like just kind of manually fix those few spots if you want so yeah i haven't actually done much volume normalizing in audacity my biggest reason for going to Ophonic, mm -hmm. honestly, was less normalizing the volume between bits, although it yeah. does make it a bit easier, like if you're adding music and you want to make sure it's not completely overpowering. I like doing it through there just because it sets it to a stand, like they have like a standard loudness that they put it to. And the thing that as a listener that I hate is how I always have to crank the volume on my pod thick, and then occasionally like it'll go to the next thing, which is music and you blow out your ears. 
Uh, yeah, hate that. That's why I really like it, just to get that standard volume set. And then the last bit that Leecher had talked about was keyboard shortcuts, which we can get into some more details about later because Black Glass had some stuff to say about it too. But Leecher was specifically saying wanting to know which shortcuts are out there. And there is actually like a place that you can go. If you go to preferences along the menu on the left, there is something for keyboard. And if you go there, it lists every single keyboard shortcut. And you can change them. So if there's a keyboard shortcut that you never use, but you accidentally keep hitting, you can just like remove it. Or what I do, and I always forget that I do this every time I go on a different (laughs) computer, I silence things a lot. And so I have my S key. Like if I just straight on hit S, it will silence Mm -hmm. whatever is filled. I love keyboard shortcuts that you can individualize. Yeah. It's like the first thing I do when I get a new computer too is like fix all the my little shortcuts that I the way I prefer them. That keyboard menu under preferences basically lists every single thing that you can do in Audacity and you can choose to turn it into a shortcut or not. The names aren't always obvious. So like every time I go and set that S key up to silence, it takes Mm. me like three times. But yeah, so if you are interested in learning more and are willing to brute force it, going through that list is useful. And it does have a search on the top. So you can just start typing in what you think it's called and it'll find it Mm -hmm. for you. I'm on a Mac, so I go to the Audacity menu and then Preferences. I think it's just the file menu if you're on a PC, though. And then we have part of Black Glasses talk back as well. And these are just some things that I have incorporated recently, and I really felt like they made my packet better. I'm mostly self-taught. Like, I, I looked at some tutorials before starting pot picking. Um, there were a lot of good beginner tutorials for pot pickers. I think like a lot of people, I learned more from just poking around Audacity and just trying all the different features and seeing, oh, what does this do? And what does this do? And also, I've gotten a lot of advice from other pod makers who mentioned, hey, you, I do this thing. Or, oh, I noticed you're having this problem. Maybe have you tried doing this thing? And I was kind of laughing because I am also self-taught. I actually wrote a tutorial on how to use Audacity before I ever, like, properly learned how to use it myself. Oh, nice. (laughs) So that's the kind of overachiever I am. (laughs) I think you find that for most people, nobody's going to classes or anything. And obviously, maybe you're watching, like, YouTube tutorials or reading things online. But a lot of editing stuff is us just poking around, right? So I think that's probably a pretty common experience for both programs. I think so. And I will say that for all that I think Audacity is fairly easy to pick up and just like learn as you go, there are lots of tutorials out there. Like like I said, I wrote one. They are out there. And the one that I wrote is specific for Podfickers, and I know that there are some others out there. Yeah. It's interesting you say that, you know, because I just in preparation for this, but I downloaded it and looked at it and like did a little bit of recording and then I was just like it, it just looks so different from GarageBand and it just seems to operate completely different. And I find it like weirdly intimidating. I don't know. I can't explain that reaction to it. It doesn't seem like <laughs> when you say, oh, it'd be easy. You just like look at it. I'm like, oh, it looks horrible to me. I don't know how I would just use it. Audacity is a lot more linear, whereas 
haven't used GarageBand that much, but I remember going into it and it felt a lot like the vidding programs that I used after I stopped using Windows Movie Maker. Because Windows Movie yeah. Maker was also linear. Like, I mean, maybe this is part of my issue because I came from a video production background. Like, I think your background probably made GarageBand easier. I think if you did a general poll, people would probably say that they found GarageBand a little more intimidating than they did Audacity. But I don't know. We can maybe do that poll. Tell us on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, tell us. We're interested to know. I think more people use Audacity, but part of that is because less people have Macs, probably. Um, but but you're right. Like Multiple people have said to me, oh, yeah, GarageBand looks really complicated. But I, yeah, it's just interesting to have the exact opposite reaction there, you know? I think it's fairly easy to, to start working in Audacity and get something going and do the basics. Uh -huh. There's a lot of stuff hidden in Audacity. Like, I don't know how many people know this, but on the side at the top, at the front of the track, before you mm. actually start listening, there's a scale that goes from like plus one to minus one. And if you hover over that, you can zoom in vertically. So there's like the little zoom tool that will zoom in horizontally, but you can also zoom in vertically as well. That's something that can be useful to people to get some of the details that they can't see normally. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many people know that. And if you just right click or if you're on a Mac, the control click, it'll go, it'll zoom back out. Here's a tip from Black Glass that I agree with her. It kind of changed my life too labels oh my gosh in the audio snippers chat i was mentioning that i was having issues going back and finding the spots where i messed up and i needed to copy paste some re-records and she said you know you can label the areas in your audio tracks so that you can go back and you know do whatever you need to do and i'm just like really that is a thing you can do and it's totally a thing you can do so if you click on tracks one of the options is to add a label and that has changed my life. It's so good for like indicating where I should add in post-production, like sound effects or like voice filters and stuff like that, or areas that I need to re-record. So yeah, labels. I love them as well. I use them similar to how Black Glass does. Just know that you messed up someone's name and you want to try and Frankenstein it in. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's really great for that. But she had the second part to add. The only thing about that is, and I don't know if it's just my computer, I get used to using like the keyboard short shortcuts and the keyboard shortcut for adding labels is control B. But then when you're typing in what your label is, I notice that when I hit certain letters, Audacity goes a little wonky and it'll like kick me back to the beginning or something. And it's usually when I hit J or K and I don't know what it is trying to type J or K or like X when I'm trying to label my label, it makes Audacity cranky. Just a heads up. I don't know if anyone else has experienced that. So labels, use them, love them. They'll make your life so much easier. I will say about that, I don't know what it is, but I had that exact same problem when I was on my PC. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, when I'm on my Mac, it recognizes that I'm in a label and don't do the special meaning of that key. But it is related to keyboard shortcuts. So that J and K is like typical navigation you could go into that keyboard shortcut map and remove those shortcuts if it's not a feature that you ever use and you do actually use j and k yeah when you're writing your notes i kind of got a little interesting when i was on my pc because s is a really common 
letter and I had it as a keyboard shortcut. So I'd always put like dollar signs in or fives or whatever. <laughs> Does GarageBand have something like that? Yeah, you know what? I don't know. And I'm wondering, I just, I was actually just trying to Google it um, because that sounds incredibly useful. Right. Um, <laughs> it's entirely possible that it does. And I don't know about it. So if you're a GarageBand user and you know that, please tell me because I would totally use that. Speaking of like me being anal about my breathing, Schmeller actually like uh, tweeted this at us. A little while ago and i've started using it and it's been great so here's what she has to say about noise gates i would say the one that i just found out about um uh, probably about six months ago um is the noise gate filter which is uh, my new favorite thing and saves my life constantly i'm one of those people that in my unedited audio i have really loud breathing and really loud noise clicks and a whole lot of them so I'm one of those people that has to uh, edit all of that out. And the noise gate filter saves me a lot of time editing all of that out. So I'll shoot you a link to a tutorial for that as well. Um, but it's a plugin under the effects menu. I believe I had to manually download the plugin, but, you know, that's pretty easy. So what the noise gate filter does is you basically set a um, decibel level. And when the audio drops below this decibel level... Um, it will reduce the output. So you basically, anything that is below your talking range, um, like breathing and uh, little noise clicks, it will automatically filter those out of the entire timeline um, or the entire area that you select. So it can go a lot quicker than normally man manually editing them out one by one. Um, and I find it's actually very smart tool, if that makes sense. Like, I, I don't find ever that it's edited out quiet parts of my audio. It kind of evaluates the wave as a whole, so I don't find that it's, you know, clipped off the beginning or ends of words or anything like that. If there are particularly loud noise clicks, I still, you know, have to edit those out, but it saves me so much time. And so anybody who is very picky like me about their <laughs> audio, um, which I know there definitely other people are, yeah, it's a really, really great tool, and I would recommend it. And just to add, I was a little concerned, too, because I do a lot of, like, when I'm going around manually muting stuff, I tend to do it visually. And for a while there, I was muting a lot of, like, my trailing S's or whatever. But NoiseGate has not caught any of those, as far as I can tell. There's a feature in there where it says only mute silences so many milliseconds from a loudness. So if you've got like a, a breath in the middle of a word that you just qu took quickly, it's still going to be there. But it has to be like so many milliseconds from the end of talking before it'll mute it. It's pretty intelligent that way. And it is very useful. Yeah, it sounds like a good first pass kind of thing that might save you some time and then you can find the rest of it. I'm just going to jump into Black Glass had some talk about, about noise removal. So one of the tips that I actually got from Lavender Frost is the idea of leaving several seconds of silence at the beginning of your podfic, because the longer your sample is for the noise removal, the better it works. I have no idea if this is true. So I typically leave about, like you know, 10 seconds of silence, sometimes more. And another thing that I recently realized that I didn't realize from about the first two years of my podficking career is that you can do noise removal more than once. I typically run noise removal about two times, 
I generally find that more than that, the audio quality really gets uh, compromised. That's cut down on background noise a lot, I feel. And I think what Black Glass had to say is a, a lot of it. Like, I I actually have stopped using uh, Audacity's noise removal because I use Ophonic and it has the noise removal in it. And I, I always found it great. Yeah. Whereas, like, there were a couple times when I was doing an Audacity where I was doing that balance of, you can still hear all the noise. And, okay, now it sounds like I'm underwater or talking in a pool because it can get kind of echoey if you overdo the noise removal. So I really like Ophonics, and I would kind of suggest that over Audacity's, but it is pretty good. And certainly having those quiet bits at the beginning and end can make a big difference. And the doing it twice, I used a lot when, like now when I when I record, I turn off my heat and stuff like that, but I used to not always do that. So whenever the heat turned on, I would like try and get like that pause in of, okay, now here's the heat. So then you can mm-hmm. do a noise removal on like, with the heat on and with it off. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. And you could just run them both over like the entire um track. It doesn't like it won't hurt it if you if that background noise isn't there, it'll just kind of move on. With equalization, there's actually this great tutorial that Greedy Dancer made and it's on Podfic Tips and it's also included it's an entire tutorial on dealing with pops in your recording. And she talks about, like, pop screens and stuff to, like, avoid getting them. But she also has how to use the equalization tool to get rid of pops. And I remember using it once years ago when I had, like, recorded in a slightly different mic setup than usual. And it was just filled with horrible pops. And Mm -hmm. I was, like, going to just chuck that entire recording. And I'm like, well, let's try it. And it worked really well. She gives you, like, kind of what settings you should put to do a custom. And she has some examples of what it sounds like before and after. Like, it works really well. So I suggest checking out that tutorial, which we will have linked. Actually, while we're on the topic of equalization, Black Glass had this to say about one she uses all the time. I don't know if other people do this, but I found that adding bass boost to my recording really improves the sound quality. I don't know if it's just because I normally have sort of a quieter, thinner voice, but I find that it adds like a sort of like fullness and a sort of warmth to the tone and the recording. So, you know, when it's time for me to edit, I run bass boost first. I usually run it and I change that second option to five. Yeah, I thought that sounded really interesting. Like I, not as much anymore, but definitely like when I, some of my earlier recordings I think that could have really helped so I've never actually tried putting bass boost over the entire thing but that sounds kind of interesting I might try it on one going forward um and the last uh listener input we had was a tweet from Akiko Tree where she said oral phonic for your next audacity themed episode I'd love any tips about creating separate tracks to layer music under voice So actually, my experience with doing multiple tracks in Audacity came more from this podcast than Podfic. And I will say this, if you are doing a multi-voice Podfic and you recorded it over Skype, there's a couple different call recorders out there that let you have your recording on one, one half of the stereo track and the incoming on the other half. 
And I really suggest using that because it makes it so much easier. Um, this is a little side from what Akiko Tree was asking, but you can go in Audacity at the front of the track where there's like the mute and solo buttons. There's a little drop down menu where you can say split stereo track to mono, which I suggest doing if you do like a Skype recording multi voice. That way mm-hmm. you can hear both sides of the conversation through both ears. But if like someone starts talking over someone else, you can mute half of the line or whatever. Like if you need to just shift stuff around, it's a lot easier to do if they're on separate tracks. So that is a hint for multi-voice. And then at the end, you can put it back to stereo or actually, if you just leave them as mono and export a stereo, it works better. But So what recorder are you using for Skype? I am using call recorder. Okay, yeah, same here. Okay, so yeah. There's MP3 Skype recorder for PC, which does that. Um, The call recorder for Mac, you did have to pay for. So I don't know how many people are going to want to do that for a one-off, but it's certainly been worth it for me. (laughs) Yeah, and it has, you know, you can, you know, it records as one, and then you just put it into a tool where it splits out into multiple tracks for you know one for you and one for the incoming so yeah it's quite useful for that yeah so i mean that's quite interesting like the the multiple tracks and layering thing because i think that's something that is very easy to do in garage band you know because it I, I, it's very drag and droppy you know and and you just end up with tracks and you just move them as they go you know so i think yeah it is a little bit more iffy with audacity One of the tricks that I didn't learn right away, and God, I wish I had known it for all of those years I was doing Potterware podcasts, (laughs) there is a time, a sync lock tracks feature, which looks like a little stopwatch near like the cut and paste and silence and undo Mm -hmm. along the top. And if you click that and you have multiple tracks and you highlight one track underneath it, you'll kind of see like the little stopwatches highlighting the other. And that means that if you cut something from one track, it will remove that space directly below it from the other track. Whereas like I would often get the tracks out of sync because I would go and cut something and didn't realize I hadn't quite caught the track below it. And so it left that space in. And that is really useful going back to if you're using labels as well, because I've had like, I went and put a label in and then like I went back and started editing at the beginning and now the label doesn't match up with where it actually was in it. If you have that, that time lock turned on, it will make sure that it stays in the same spot, like same relative spot. Each track will, can act as its own. So if you go and cut something from it, that one track will get shorter when the rest stay the same. So everything kind of gets shift. It doesn't leave a blank space in it, though, which is, I think, what you would expect in GarageBand. Yeah, yeah. That can make adding music a little more complicated if you're adding your special effects on a different track than if you go and do editing later it can get out of sync. So I definitely suggest using that sync lock. As for adding just music under or over, I would suggest putting it on a different track and locking them. I don't know. It's I, I don't find it that complicated. I, I don't know if I'm missing the question um, or maybe just because I know how to do it, it seems obvious to me. Yeah, I might just that. I just kind of stick it underneath and move on from there. So now 
we have some wrecks. And um, let's see, my first wreck is I wasn't on last month and I was going to wreck this last month. It's a slight cheat. It's one of my, it was gifted to me from ITPE. And, you know, if I could, I would wreck every single thing that was gifted to me because, like, I got so many good things. They were all amazing. I always feel like I, I never give enough and then I, I get lots of lovely things. But um, this is the only one I think that is up on AO3 currently, and it's called Relationship Status. It's Complicated, read by R.S. Crichton and written by Kellifer Fick. Um, and this is a Derek Styles fic, you know, she knows what I like. And it's a really cute fic. It's like you know, like pretend relationship, like, okay, you know, I feel like I wreck the same thing every single month. Sorry, guys. Yeah. So it's same old thing, you know, like they, they have to pretend because there's a thing with another pack and blah, blah, blah. And then of course it turns out, yeah, they love each other. Mm-hmm. It's really cute. It's not too long. Ars Crichton is, she's great. She's her, her Derek voice is hilarious, like really gruff. And then she does great sarcastic styles as well. So like the contrast between the two that she, um, which I think is a, as a good indicator of a good Derek styles podfic is like, those are two very different voices. So if you can do both and do them well, then, then that always bodes well for the podfic as a whole. Um, and she does. So yeah, definitely recommended really cute fic and great podfic. So yeah. So that one. And my second one is a story called Where You Lead, I Will Follow, read by Of Just Imagine and written by Mozart's Piano. If you're a Gilmore Girls fan, you'll realize that that title can only be a Gilmore Girls fic um, because it's a song. But anyway, this is a Radio 1 1D fic. So it's, it's Nick Grimshaw, Louis Tomlinson, but it's Nick Gilmore Girls AU. It has a secondary pairing of Aiden Grimshaw and Harry Styles which is not a pairing I would necessarily pick, but it's not the main focus of the fic anyway, so whatever. This is a long pod fic. It's almost five hours long. I was notified of this by, like, I was Sunset Mog's house watching Gilmore Girls, as, you know, we often do, because we got to get ready for that amazing new Gilmore Girls thing that's coming out on Netflix. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so we were, we were watching Gilmore Girls with a few other people, and somehow she was like, oh, have you read this fic? And I was like, I don't know that exists. Why don't I? Because Gilmore Girls is my my original, my primary. You know, I did like a virtual season, like it's my thing. And 1D is my main fandom now, probably. So anyway, so, and I went to the fic, and she she asked Twitter, like, can somebody link done to this and somebody did and then immediately of just imagine also replied who i think she knows i love her podfic so listen to a lot of it and i wreck a lot of it but she also replied and said you know if you prefer a podfic i made one so of course i went to, straight to that and i love it for multiple reasons the first being that it's her but the second is that the fic itself is although a very enjoyable fic is written completely without capital letters which is not okay. <laughs> um, so I couldn't read it. Like, I, like even if I wanted to, I, like, started and I was like, oh, gosh. So I was very happy that there was a podfic and also that it was a podficer I liked. There's an American Idol season seven podfic of a fic like that. Because I listened to it. And I'm like, this is great. I want to read more by this author. And then I was like, and I can't. <laughs> Thank God for podfic. <laughs> yeah, there are certain, th- you know, everybody has their back button things. And... For me, like horrible grammar is one, but also like like punctuation or capitalization. Like I know it's supposed to be like you read it a bit and your eyes start to get, but no, I just I can't take it. It's 
I, I'm not used to the written word in that form. I don't like it. But anyway, so it doesn't matter because there's an excellent pod fic of it. So the problem is solved for this fic. And it's a really sweet fic. Like, you know, I'm always going to have a tie into something where basically what she's done is as, you know, just populated Stars Hollow with all these people from kind of 1D and Radio 1. And some of them I didn't even know who they were or I couldn't like tie it down. And some of them aren't perfect connection, you know, like some of it's a bit of a stretch for who she puts for who, but overall it's a lovely cheery fic and the pod fic is excellent. And if you, if you want a long listen, I would definitely recommend this one because it's quality. That sounds great. Yeah. So I have two pod fics this month. They're slightly connected because both of those pod through their pod fic have managed to make like their version of the character voice by like head voice for that uh, character. So the first one is we'll run like we're awesome by black glass and it's written by the monkey cabal and it's the first in the run verse. And there's another one in the run verse that was recorded by someone else and they also recorded this story as well. But I haven't listened to the other person's one yet, so I'm sure it's great, but I just haven't gotten to it yet. But the one by Blackest Glass is really great, and it is a story where Darcy Lewis is Tony Stark's daughter. Oh. Yeah, and she found out that she was his daughter when she was, like, around 10-ish, and he wanted to keep her out of the public eye to keep her safe, so she's known and they've like had a relationship, but it's slightly distant and, and like kind of fragmented. And she's got her mom and dad at home where her dad being her stepdad. And it's a really long series. I haven't read the rest of it, but this first story kind of takes you up, I think, up to the Avengers movie. Um, definitely through the Iron, the early Iron Man movies and the Thor movie. And it's just got like, these two quirky people trying to figure out their relationship with each other and, and, Mm. you know, how crazy would it be to be Tony Stark's daughter? So, um, it's really well done. And honest to God, when I am reading thick with Darcy in it, I hear black glasses voice instead of Kat Denning's voice. Nice. Because I've just listened to more pod fic about Darcy by black glass than I have watched the Thor movies really good job on it and it was a really good story and of course it's a long pod fic like i think the series overall is like in the hundreds of k but the first story is is impressive overall it's nine and a half hours for just the first part so it's a it's a long series but it's it's really great and the next one i have been listening to some x-men pod fic lately and it's kind of funny because last month I was just talking about how I don't really like shipping the good guy with the bad guy because it just mm-hmm. feels wrong to me. But in X-Men, how can you not ship Charles Eric? And yeah. especially once you're in first class fandom, like yeah. they had that movie where they were friends and they weren't wasn't really the bad guy until the last till the beach. So anyways. Um, I have, like, mixed feelings with that pairing because it kind of goes against my type. And that's one of the things that I like about this podfic. It's called Charles's Killer, and it's read by Munchie and written by Lunchia, which is not confusing at all. <laughs> and I like it because it's Eric and Charles, 
and Charles is a police detective, and Eric is a serial killer. <laughs> what? <laughs> So he is a serial killer, and and Charles is on his case. Like, he's the one trying to track him down. And, of course, they start kind of like an inappropriate relationship. Is like Eric is calling him, and Charles isn't, like, reporting it. But, yeah, it's it's an interesting story, and I kind of like that you still have that bit of Eric not, like, it feels kind of out of character to me sometimes when I'm reading fic and Eric is just, like, a genuinely nice guy. Because I'm like, yeah. but he's the kind of guy that commits genocide and, like, turns his boyfriend into the one doing it for him. Like, it's, he's, he's not really what I would consider a genuinely nice guy. So this works for me where he's like, he's got his good reasons for being a serial killer, but it doesn't really excuse him from being a serial killer. And I believe this podfic is, uh, there's like two different ways you can listen to it because the author wrote it not in chronological order. And like she has them numbered by chronological order. But if you download the audiobook, it's in the written order, but you can listen to it in chronological order if that's what you want. Um, and I haven't actually done it in chronological order. I've only ever listened to it in the written order but um yeah it's interesting and in it one of the main characters is emma frost she's charles's like a detective partner and Mm -hmm. uh the way that lunchy reads her voice that she is now my emma frost in my head like i put (laughs) on her accent and stuff when i'm reading fic with emma frost in it it is now lunchy's voice did a really good reading of emma it's a fun pod fic and it is also long because that is my jam. It's a, uh, it's over four and a half hours. So those are my recs. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm particularly interested in the first one. Not so much of the serial killer folks, but <laughs> this one sounded really good. So yeah. Okay. Well, great. I think that is our episode. So thanks for joining us. We will be back, well, Dodie and I, I believe, will be back next month when we'll be doing a showcase episode of Harry Potter Podfic. Yay. So feel free in the meantime, I know I'm really excited, (laughs) feel free in the meantime to send us um, talkbacks on this episode, but also anything, if you have any recommendations for great HP Podfics or things you think are, you know, fandom stalwarts or just anything you have to say about it and we will respond bye for now bye for now see you next month